And now, from our studios in Kansas City, Sci-Fi For Me Radio is live from the bunker. It is one of those days. Hello, everyone, and welcome. Yes, we are live from the bunker. That would be the super secret underground bunker here at World Headquarters in Kansas City. Jason Hunt here with you. Thanks very much for joining us today. It is a light day. Uh, just because of everything that's going to be going on this week, I'm going to be keeping my head down a little bit. But we'll have a little bit of, of normalcy uh, somewhat. But today I thought we'd take a, take a little bit easy because everybody else, everywhere else, is, is probably getting into some heavy stuff. Uh, going into the election here in the United States, and I just don't want to talk about that. So today, we don't have a guest, but we do have envelopes. And we're going to open the envelopes. So we have unboxings today. Unenveloping today. The live chat is open for those of you who are watching live, and uh, we are simulcasting on both YouTube and Facebook, so if you go to our Facebook page, you can leave a comment as we broadcast, uh, or if you're watching on YouTube, you can go into the live chat and you can leave your comments and thoughts and questions. We might even do a little bit of Ask Me Anything. Uh, we'll talk about some different things, but it's going to be, uh, we're just going to kind of relax and just hang out today a little bit. Uh, we also have an email address, live from the bunker at sci-fi4me.com, if you want to leave us your thoughts that way. Or if you have a suggestion for a guest we should invite, uh, that's a good place to do that as well. And of course, the comments are always active and open. Please be polite. But you can leave a comment uh, if you catch this in replay or over as a podcast. And the podcast players where you can find this show, uh, if you need to get out anywhere, uh, we are on iHeartRadio, Spotify, Stitcher, Amazon Music, Apple Podcasts, Double Twist, TuneIn, all of those viable podcast players where you can find this show. Just do a search for Sci-Fi For Me, and it will come up in the search results. Uh, and we are catching up on our uploads. Uh, we're a little bit, I'm a little bit behind on getting the shows out. We When we do the conversion to audio, uh, sometimes I have to do a little bit of mixing and extra editing post-production on the audio form in order for the levels to even out because my microphone sometimes comes in a little bit louder than the guests and we want to make sure that everybody can hear everybody so I do a little bit of thing and I've been behind on that I have finally caught up so we'll start uploading and getting stuff out but the best way that you can stay current on the show is to watch it live 
so we do suggest that you do that. I invite you to participate if you are, uh, if you are able to do that. We do have a discount code set up over at SuperheroStuff.com. 10% off when you use the promo code SciFi for me 10 when you check out. It can be used in combination with other offers occasionally, depending on the offer. So if they're running a sale that involves a promo code, you can't use it in combination with that. But if they're just saying, you know, 20% off world uh, site-wide then you can add our promo code on top of that, and you should be able to save some money. So tell them Sci-Fi for me sent you. And uh, programming note, no H2O podcast tonight, and some of that is because of, you know, it's night before the election, everything's crazy, but it also mainly is because we're looking to line up the schedule so that a particular milestone times out in a particular part of the year. So it's it's not necessarily politics. It's more making the schedule do what we want it to do for a certain thing to happen. So no H2O podcast tonight. Uh, but we do have a new show uh, that we talked about on Thursday. And I've got to say, uh, you guys have uh, have really... Uh, bowled me over with the response. I'm looking at uh, the numbers on this one. Our very first episode of Foreign Bodies uh, has done much better than expected. Uh, if you look uh, at uh, at the numbers right now, we're sitting at 120 views. We're in triple digits, which is something that does not normally happen here, especially two days out. So you can hear, uh, you can hear or watch. Rather, you can watch the the first episode of Foreign Bodies. It's available now here on Sci-Fi for Me TV. Um, I have not set that up as a podcast uh, as of yet. I'm not sure if we will or not. We might, uh, but right now, yeah, we're sitting triple digits. Is the response has been uh, very, very, very good. I do thank you for that. Uh, those of you who have watched, uh, and we have gotten some feedback already, some different people making some suggestions on different foreign films, foreign horror films that we need to check out. So all of those have been uh, added to the database if they weren't already there. So the response has been great, better than expected. Thank you very much. And those of you who continue to come back and watch all of our videos or most of our videos or some of our videos, we do appreciate you being back here and being regulars. Uh, and those who have been sharing the links, we do appreciate that as well. So thank you for that. All right. So let us get to <clears throat> the unboxings. I just I just wanted to do something a little bit lighter because uh, why not? Because every now and again, we just need to take a break and, and take a breather and do something not too terribly intellectual so let us open our first box this comes from who is this from this comes from simon and schuster i'm gonna guess that this is a star trek novel for review it is definitely a book inside so let's let us make some noise here so for those listening to the podcast you don't feel entirely left out open the box well, it's an envelope. It's on my oh, it's a hardback. Hmm. The fact that it's a hardback 
makes me think that it's probably not a Star Trek book, but maybe it is. I don't know. Let's see. Dun, 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 dun. It is a Star Trek book. Oh, hey, it is a Star Trek book. It is not the Star Trek book I thought it would be. <clears throat> the Wisdom of Picard. This is uh, a hardback edited by Chip Carter. I I knew this was coming. We had talked about this over on Tribble Bites. Uh, this is basically a collection of quotes from Picard uh, through the various different incarnations of Picard. And I guess it includes, just from what I'm seeing here, it does include quotes from the new show. Um so there is that. But for the most part, uh, these are quotes from the show and from the movie, from the original Next Generation or from the movies. So there we are. The Wisdom of Picard. This is from Simon & Schuster. Let me open the, open the, uh, the notes. Celebrate one of sci-fi's most revered characters through, his collect through a new collection of of his most thought-provoking quotes. <clears throat> Arguably one of the most revered characters of the Star Trek canon, Star Trek's Jean-Luc Picard is known as both a man of words as well as a man of action. Although he's a man of words before he's a man of action. Let's, let's be clear about that. Now, with the November 10th publication of Star Trek The Wisdom of Picard, fans of the 24th century icon can savor the philosophical, introspective, and remarkably articulate musings of the esteemed officer and diplomat in this ultimate collection of sage advice, insights, and wisdom from the deck of the USS Enterprise and beyond. So there we are. There's uh, edited by Chip Carter. Uh, it is officially out November 10th. So I will, uh, I will take a look at uh, at all of this this is from the other the other blurb sheet here any star trek fan knows that captain jolu picard is renowned for his impressive oratory skills preferring negotiation and diplomacy over violence and destruction now you you know because cowboy diplomacy is is not a thing anymore right now you can finally ponder all of his wisdom in one place from his thoughts on leadership and sense of duty to justice and the limitlessness of exploration in Star Trek The Wisdom of Picard. These are these are fun books to have on the shelf because I've got I've got a few. I've got one that quotes uh, uh, that collects the quotations of Abraham Lincoln. I've got one of Benjamin Franklin. Uh, I think I've got a couple of more around somewhere. So this will be this will be a good a good addition to have on the on the uh, on the shelf there it is divided into chapters chapter 1 the final frontier philosophy and humanity chapter 2 where no one has gone before history and science chapter 3 new life and new civilizations that is literature and the arts chapter 4 strange new worlds exploration and adventure Chapter 5, To Boldly Go, Politics, Leadership, and Diplomacy. So it will be interesting to go through and see what... Uh, it does not... It does not appear, and this is a good thing, it does not appear that Mr. Carter has editorialized... 
I mean, this is just just the quotes. It is just the collection of quotes. It is uh, they are they are not in you know recontextualized or uh, or anything like that. It will be interesting to see what what quotes they've pulled because I doubt that this is everything that Picard has said over the years. Uh, but it is interesting. Now, uh, Carter does have a, a you know an introductory page just to introduce the section of quotes, but uh, for the most part, the quotes, yeah, they just look like they're just straight lifted out of the shows and the movies and stand on their own, which is good. So let's let's not try to rewrite history and recontextualize some of these things. But it'll be interesting to see what quotes that they did that they did pull. So uh, I will take a look at that and imagine we'll probably have a, a review. It will add it to the pile, right? All right. By the way, 163 days without an incident here at the bunker. Mrs. Boss relatively unscathed still, which is good. I got to look. Okay. All right. Let's see. What... Uh, All right, so now let's see what the big envelope has in it. This is books. Book, uh, book, uh, well, it feels like maybe it's two books. Yeah. All right, so let us... Where's the... Where's the, the, the rippy thing? You can't rip these. All right, here we go. Let's... We have to make noise for the for the people who are listening to this as a podcast, right? All right. Oh, they're wrapped in plastic. Not bubble wrap, though. Sorry, Mrs. Boss. No bubble wrap. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Very nice. Unwrap the shrink wrap. I have copies, actually two copies, from Duncan Swan. We interviewed him last week. The week when did we when did we interview Duncan Swan? We interviewed Duncan on. Yeah, I'm looking, 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 looking. When did we interview Duncan Swan? That was further back than I thought it was. Um, I'm looking here. Duncan Swan. Well, was it last week? There's Josh Vogt. Brian Tom. When was? No, this this must have been a while back. Okay, hold on. You're looking, I'm looking. And now it's a race.
was Duncan wait, was Duncan on the bunker or was Duncan on on Good Morning Multiverse? It could very well be. Let me see. Yes, I do. I do believe it might have been. Let me look here because if that's the case, then it should be over. Hmm. I don't find it. I know we've interviewed him. Anyway, all right. So he sent us a copy of his book. I know. I'm just. I'm just. I'm killing time. It is. Um, uh, so, Duncan Swan, Monstre, Volume 1. This is the book about... Um, the Creatures in the Cloud. Uh, this is uh, from the back cover. There is no stopping it. The cloud is Armageddon, steamrolling the world at a walking pace. Day Zero. From the wreckage of a research facility in Switzerland, a plume of toxic smoke and ash pours into the sky, forming an impenetrable cloud that is slowly smothering the world in darkness. As Europe disappears beneath the cloud, a squad of United States Marines are sent on a desperate mission to find out what went wrong and how to undo it before it's too late. Venturing into a cold, dark world, the Marines must travel deep under the cloud with no comms, no backup, and no idea of what they will face. There are monsters in the cloud. Uh, it is uh, an interesting premise on this book. So uh, we'll add this one to the pile. And we also have an extra copy that I'm going to keep in the shrink wrap because we will give it away. Not sure how. We'll have to figure out the mechanics of it, but we will give away a copy of Duncan Swan's Monstre. Sci-Fi Snob, yes, recontextualize, fancy $2 word. I do aim to serve in, uh, in helping our audience elevate themselves. We also got bookmarks here for from Duncan, so there is that as well. All right, so that's all I got. <laughs> Uh, what, okay, so let me, let me ask this, I'll, I will, I will put this out there in the universe, uh, for people to discuss, you can send us feedback through email or comments, uh, after the show's over, who would you like to see as guests on this program? We have, we have a few still lined up, uh, Keith DeCandido will be here on Thursday, we've got a couple lined up for next week, we've got some different ones coming up in the rest of the year. Uh, but we we would like to expand our roster of guests. We want to to cast a wider net, as it were, because we've we've had a number of authors and some comic book creators. But I would like to have other uh, other people as well, other notable names, whether they're actors or directors. Or, you know, we've had some filmmakers on. Uh, I would like to broaden that reach and uh, and see who we can get, who we can invite. So who would you like? Sci-Fi Snob, Isaac Asimov is going to be a little bit of a challenge. Although we might be able to get somebody from Asimov Magazine, uh, from, from Asimov's, uh, to talk about uh, the magazine still going and stuff. Maybe. Uh, that might be that might be an interesting conversation to have. Um I'm going to go with my notes here. So. Junior office dog is having a fit over here. 
She wants... What does she want, Mrs. Boss? The soybeans? Okay, for the record, soybeans are not a snack, I don't think. Um, so I guess not. Frank Herbert is, is not on the table, but we have talked to Kevin Anderson and Brian Her Herbert, and I did, I did have a correspondence with, uh, with Kevin earlier, and he said right now they're under a gag order about Dune, but I'm trying to get them on to talk about other stuff. So, uh, they are on the list, Kevin and Brian. It would have been nice to have Frank Herbert on as a guest. Um, there are, you know, I've got my, I've got my wish list. I've got my, uh, <laughs> why ask me just going to say no? Well, you know, I don't have, I don't have the ability to call in the dead. That's my challenge. I guess we need somebody, we need some, we need a, we need a medium, somebody to do a seance and maybe we can do it that way. So... Um, I guess maybe I should qualify the request that if you have suggestions for guests that we actually can contact somehow, maybe? I don't know. That might be a thing. All right. And I guess maybe at some point we could probably have Sci-Fi Snob on as a, as a guest, talk about his channel and some of the stuff that he's been doing over there. We could do that, maybe. Put him on the spot. Put him in the hot seat. Ask... Ask those gotcha ambush probing questions. That would be a that would be a thing, maybe. So anyway, um, okay, so what do we got going on this week? This week we have not much. It's kind of a light week. Um we, like I said, we've got Keith the Candido in on Thursday. Wednesday, we don't have a guest yet. Tomorrow, we're not going to have a show because I imagine that uh, we'll be standing in line somewhere to vote. And uh, in the meantime, I'm going to catch up on uploading, uh, uploading all of the shows, uh, the podcast versions, uh, to catch up on that. And what else is going on? I mean, I'm I'm not I have not been following the Johnny Depp thing, although I saw that uh, the case went against him, and the judge just on on a very quick cursory glance of some of the reactions and some of the people quoting the judge, the judge seems to have acted a little outside his purview just from the looks of things so i i don't know if i want to get into that or not i might it maybe i i don't know uh hopefully hopefully it will be uh it'll be relatively quiet although uh given uh given how tensions are uh right now going into the election here in the united states i it is it is very very likely that we will have all the doors and windows closed for a few days <laughs> and just kind of sit tight. Um, yeah, I do think, uh, I, th I do think that Depp will, you know, I mean, if he doesn't appeal it, he's, he's, uh, tossing away an opportunity. I think he's definitely got a case for an appeal. 
Um, I think if the judge is so concerned about Hurd's career and not Depp's, then I think he's prejudiced the case right from the very beginning. So, uh, you know, in the face of all of the evidence apparently that was presented, now again, I'm going off of just a cursory glance of some of the reactions and the quotes, it appears that the judge has ruled ignoring a lot of information that was presented on on Depp's side of the argument. So I, I, I can't say that for sure. I'm saying that's what it appears to have happened. Uh, so we've got that going on. And so, yeah, he, he should appeal. Um, so, you know, this is one of those things. And see, and this is, this is where you get into a conversation about it's it's peripheral to the, to genre because you know they've both been in you know science fiction and fantasy and horror films and and they are uh they are on our radar because of that you know Amber Heard being in in the Aquaman movies and Johnny Depp being in Pirates of the Caribbean and other things but at the same time, it's one of those really salacious TMZ type of topics that I don't generally cover and discuss. Uh, but but mainly, I have not been paying attention to it that much uh, simply because there's just so much other other things holding my attention and, and keeping me occupied. But... Uh, it does look like this is something we'll probably have to look into a little bit just to just to catch up and keep up and be aware of of what's going on. Uh, one of the YouTubers that that has been following it uh, is Yellow Flash, too. So I might I might reach out to him and see if maybe he can come on and give us a little bit of an update on some things. Um, Carlos Pedraza has been keeping track of the Axonar situation. Maybe we do a legal roundup episode at some at some point maybe uh sci-fi snob changing topics who do you think is going to win the presidential election tomorrow no idea not going to commit uh i have i have my leanings i have my preference but as as crazy as this whole thing has been it's right now not not gonna not gonna commit not gonna commit I'm playing it safe for public consumption. I have my opinion. I have my preference, but I'm going to keep it to myself because there are people who there are people who uh who watch and listen to the show who don't agree with everything that I say in terms of politics. There are people who don't agree with everything Tim says about politics. Tim and I don't agree on things. But the general consensus here is that we don't uh, we don't get uh, po- we don't we don't put politics out there very much in terms of the discussions that we have because it is this channel primarily is focused on science fiction, fantasy, and horror. And as much as I would 
probably be able to get into a conversation about politics and and the presidential election and Congress and and Supreme Court and all that other mess. Uh, it, quite frankly, this is not the forum for it. I I do have my thoughts about it. Uh, my prediction is that it's going to go. How how do I how do I? Mm, it will be a messy couple of days. Yes, I think we will have a generally solid idea of a winner by the time the night is over. I think by the time we get to about midnight, one a.m we will have some idea. Um, and it's either going to be a definitive win or it's going to be so close that we'll be looking at another situation kind of like the hanging chads in Florida and then this thing is going to get drawn out for another month. I don't think that you have too many other options. Either it's going to be a solid... There is absolutely no question this candidate won, or it's going to be so close that the legal battles will start almost immediately, and this thing is going to get drawn out. Um, so I, depending on how that goes, your mileage may vary on which candidate comes out on top. Uh, I do think that there are, are going to be attempts at voter fraud. How successful those are going to be is anybody's guess. But um, having said all that, we'll see. It's you know it's it's one of those two scenarios. Either it's going to be it's going to be so definitive there's no question, or it's going to be so close that everybody asks the questions. So that's my prediction. How how's that for non-committal, uh, non 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 political political ad? So I think one of the things, uh, one of the things that we talk about here, and and the way that uh, the way that we go, yeah, well, you know, this is this is not the show for it. I mean, I, at one point we did talk about doing a doing a website called Politics for Me, but you know, it was a five minute, maybe not even a five minute conversation. We said, nope, not gonna do it. Um, because it's, it's one of those things that is so divisive and so polarizing and there needs to be, there needs to be a way for people who disagree politically to still get along and agree on other things and enjoy other things. And, and science fiction for all of the polarization of the politicization, politicization uh, that people bring to that and, you know, the polarization that, that people bring to comic books and all of this, that is something that I am very much against contributing to that set of circumstances. I don't want to be part of the problem in creating people, people going after each other. You know, biting at each other. Um, it's it's one of those things where I'm just like, 
you know, we should we should be able to talk about Star Trek and Star Wars and Doctor Who. I mean, because those those conversations alone get political enough as it is. Hi, Mazerus. Welcome. Uh, thanks for joining us here. We're we're kind of taking it a light day. I'm I'm trying to avoid talking about politics and sci-fi snobs trying to get me into politics. I won't talk about politics. No, I think the conversations among fandom are polarized enough as it is. There needs there needs to be a way that we can talk about these things. And I and I, and you know I have I have talked on this program especially, but I've also talked on other programs about the culture war, about the cancel cult, about this need for uh, some rational thought and some intelligent thought to come into these things. There are people who are in charge of certain certain aspects of science fiction, fantasy literature, television and film. You look at what's going on in Hollywood. There are a lot of questions to be asked about whether or not these are the best approaches to take with some of our our favorite franchises. And your mileage may vary, but I think that when you get too ideological on politics, and this may be something that eventually we need to... We did actually, I think, talk about this uh, on an H2O way back before... I want to say it was back before we were doing video... Uh, I I think that there's an older episode where we get to talk, where we actually do talk a little bit about politics. It's certainly uh, one thing for a story to have characters that are political, and that that I mean, you see that with David Weber stuff with the Honor Harrington stories. There's a good mix of various different politics and you know political thought in that. But all of that political thought belongs to the characters. You don't get a solid, definitive sense of David Weber's politics in those books. And in all those books where he collaborates with other people, you don't get a sense of anybody's, any, any one person's politics on the, on the behind the scenes as, as the authors. And that's how it should be. If you're presenting a story in a science fiction setting, or you know anywhere, whether it's a comic book or if it's just a murder mystery or whatever, if you're wearing your politics on your sleeve, you have the you have the, you run the risk that you're going to alienate forty to sixty percent of your audience. And why would you want to do that? Um, this, yeah, the the awards, the Hugo Awards, pretty much are garbage at this point. Um, and if you look at the participation numbers where, you know, in 2015, when the puppies ran their whole campaign and, and nominations and, and got more people involved, you had over 5,000 people participating in the Hugos that year. And since then it has gone, you know, it was, it was much less before that and has dwindled down to much less after that. I think they're not even, not even... 12, 1,300 people participating in the Yugos. But out of that kerfuffle, we got the Dragon Awards, and there's a, a much higher number of participants in the Dragon Awards. I think the the more people that are participating in the process, the better mix you get and the better, uh, the better representation of stories that people like go into those. But as... 
organizations like Science Fiction Fantasy Writers of America gets politicized. And as horror writers of America and the romance writers of America, as all of these professional organizations bow to the politics of the day, we run into problems. And you have, you know, books that don't sell. You have comic books that don't sell. You have, uh, you have graphic novels that sit on the shelves because people... And we talked about this with Cat Rambo a couple of weeks ago. This idea that there needs to be some restraint... Ironically enough, it was the it was the conversation with Cat Rambo, but there needs to be some restraint on social media from from folks because at at some point what you what you do online becomes destructive and it becomes counterproductive to selling your product and that's ultimately that's what this is, you know, the social media if you're a professional, if you're a writer, if you're an artist, if you're, you know, somebody in comics or somebody in literature, Ultimately, social media is part of your brand professionally. And there are a lot of people out there who forget that, ignore that at their peril. Uh, Heroinberg, hi, good afternoon. People who make everything political all the time must be avoided because they can make an issue over anything. Luckily, there are very few people like that. Agreed. Well, I'm... There are very few people like that that we that how do we say this how do, there are uh, there are very few people that do this but the ones that do are very vocal they're very loud they're very active mostly on Twitter but some on social media and as we've seen now from various different re- resignations from media people, uh, Ari, uh, Ari Bryce over at New York Times, and now, um, oh, who just who just resigned from from the Intercept is his own his own the publication that he that he co-founded. Um, every 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 resignation that is public right now goes back to the editorial board is too worried about what Twitter thinks. And I think, Glenn, uh, yeah, uh, Glenn Greenwell, thank you. I think that's the biggest issue. Barry Weiss, Glenn Greenwell, yes. They have publicly resigned from their publications, and they have both called out their editorial board's for bowing the you know bending the knee to the twitterati and you know as 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 Tim and I have discussed there should not be so much emphasis on what twitter thinks um and and he and I have had some disagreements about how much that has become a problem but it's it is it is a problem. It is a huge problem. And Jack Dorsey and Mark Zuckerberg both are in positions of control and power that they probably should not have because this gets into, and it does, you know, a lot of people are saying, you know, well, First Amendment only only says that the government can't restrict your speech. These are private enterprises and they're private corporations. And yes, to a point, that's true. However, 
as it has been pointed out, when you start getting into uh, Section 230 and whether or not these these entities are publishers or platforms, and then as it as it impacts political speech in the United States, that's a whole new ball of wax, and it becomes more than just a private company can tell you what you can or can't say. That's that's at issue here. That's at the crux of it, is whether or not Facebook, Twitter, Google, YouTube has the right, has the legal right, especially where it involves anything having to do with political speech because of the, you know, because of the First Amendment. So these are companies that are regulated by the government. So has, where's where's that where's that fuzzy middle that everybody that everybody seems to want to to think? So and yes, sci-fi snob, you're right. The, Twitter and Facebook are are in the public square, as as it were. I do think that First Amendment rules apply, uh, but I think also the Section two thirty needs some scrutiny. But uh, what does that look like? Who knows? Does that you know? Does that go back to uh, what they did with AT and T breaking up the company because it's a big monopoly? Do we break up Facebook into little baby Facebooks? I mean, do we really want to do that and create more problems for ourselves? Do we shut it down? Do we put a moratorium on it? How do how do you handle that kind of thing? How do you what? Who decides? Who decides what happens? Do do you want more government oversight into social media? Because at some point, a different political party is going to be in charge than the one you support. And so, you know, like like it's been pointed out, elections have consequences. And at some point, if somebody is in charge that you don't want to be in charge, they're going to do something you don't want to do. What kind of impact is that going to have on social media? So I don't know. I, I, yeah, I mean, Twitter and Facebook, all of these social media pl- platforms, they want to have it both ways. And we've talked about this before. They, they want to have the protection of being, that comes with being a platform, but they also want to have the control that comes with being a publisher. And they can't have it both ways. And eventually something is going to give. Um, I think that. Uh, you know, you look at stuff like Transparency Tube, for example. We talked about that last week. You know, there are there are movements uh, in uh, in social media to really um, really kind of change the landscape of what this thing's going to look like. Because if Transparency Tube takes off and gets weaponized, like a lot of us are concerned that it will, then you have even more of a problem uh, similar to what's going on in China with your with your social media credit affecting various different privileges that you have as a citizen. That's a problem. And in the United States, that is uh, something that, you know, given how much freedom of movement, given how much privilege our society has... And and that's not a, a white or black thing. That's a that's a freedom thing. We are Americans, and we have a certain amount of freedom that other countries don't have. 
even though a lot of those freedoms have been whittled away over the last 50, 60, 70 years, we still enjoy a much better set of circumstances that a lot of than, than a lot of other countries have. Um, yeah, well, Mazur, yeah, Mazur's points out in the early 2000s, you could say something that could be considered offensive on a discussion forum. The site owners have final say. That's all right. And, and we do have moderators on the chat. You know, we have moderators and, and bulletin boards and discussion threads and all of that. You always had the moderators who could decide, hey, that one, that's crossing a line that's a little too far. And we've actually done that here a couple of times. You know, we put people in timeout and we've deleted uh, certain comments that we thought kind of pushed the push the envelope a little bit too much. But that's, you know, we're controlling the content on our channel. And even if we were off, you know, if we go on, uh, if we go on our own channel as opposed to YouTube, then we have even more control over what is in that content. And we are a publisher at that point. And, you know, we're a publisher now. YouTube is our platform, but we're publishing the content. Now, we don't have any control over what all of you say in the chat. We don't have any control over the comments. We can control what comments go through. You know, we're not going to let the spam bots and the porn bots go on and leave their comments. Those get flagged. And if you've got somebody who's making a comment that's extremely on the edge there in terms of, you know, civility uh, in question, then, you know, we're going to, we're going to look at that. But for the most part, everybody here is relatively civil and polite and we all get along. I, I don't know. There, there is no, there is no solid one good answer that fits every situation. And I don't know. I, yes, I am as, as sci-fi snob says, I am a silly person. I do expect people to behave. My my default is we're all going to we're all going to get along until we don't. And I'm not going to I'm not going to be the first one to not get along with someone. I and <laughs> uh, did you see this comment from Mazurus? Mazurus says, "Having seen you get fired up at a few dweebs, Jason, anyone would be a fool to cross you." <laughs> Mrs. Boss, make a note. Uh, Heroinberg, uh, Sci-Fi for Me TV isn't listed on Transparency Tube yet. Lots of smaller channels aren't, but they're inconsistent in their ratings. Yes, and and that is something that we noticed when we talked about it uh, last week because. There are channels that are smaller, are as small as ours, and, and they're on there. There are some that are, there are a lot of them that are miscategorized. Um, you know, we, we are doing pretty well, I think, in avoiding the, the more controversial aspects of social media. You know, we... We don't really get into it with a lot of people online. I, I, you know, I mean, why, why invite trouble? Is is my thought. You know, we just sit here and we get along, and 
we do our best to get along with everybody that doesn't doesn't agree with what we say. Now, and and to be fair, I have to remind you know I have to remind people we have people on staff that don't agree with me. We've got conservatives, we got liberals, we got libertarians, we have you know men, women, we have a transgender contributor. It okay, fine, big deal. You know, like I said, you know, we don't do the litmus test here. My criteria, and I've said this before, and, and I've said this rather rather bluntly in a few places, and in some cases with a little bit of edge in my voice, but our criteria for here is body temperature and breathing as far as, ad, uh, as, far as uh, uh, audience goes. You know, as long if you un, if you like science fiction, fantasy, horror, if you can appreciate it, if you have, you know, whether whether you've been a lifelong fan or you've been a fan for a day, you're welcome here. You know, conservative, liberal, progressive, libertarian, Green Party, whoever, you're all, everybody is welcome. There are people who come in here that don't agree with certain things that get said, and that's fine. You're allowed to do that. We're not going to blacklist anyone. We're not going to dox anybody. We're not going to target anyone for having a particular uh, particular uh, viewpoint. Now, pineapple on pizza is going to get you banned for 30 days. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Um, Mazer says, we have people who think Boba Fett is Rex and people who don't, and they politely disagree. <laughs> Uh, yeah, well, yes, and, and Mazers, you're right. I don't target people, and we do try to keep it very professional and respectful here. There have been a couple of times where things have gotten a little heated, um, but, you know, we do our best to maintain civility and respect for each other, and, you know, there have been, there have been some discussions internally about certain guests that have been on the show. Um, we haven't quite... I take it back. We have had people who have decided not to contribute to the site anymore because of a political disagreement. I can't believe you said that. I can't work with you anymore. It hasn't it hasn't happened in a while. I don't expect that it's going to happen anytime soon, maybe, hopefully. Uh, you know, at, because really at the end of the day what matters is we're talking about science fiction, fantasy, and horror. You know, we're talking about comic books. We're talking about Superman. We're talking about Batman. We're talking about Captain Kirk and Mr. Spock and Buck Rogers and Flash Gordon and Gandalf and and Merlin and King Arthur and 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 that's the focus of the that's the focus of the conversations. Not Biden versus Trump, Green Party or you know Green Green New Deal or anything like that. Those are conversations that happen elsewhere. And it is one of those things that I have to be very um, vigilant about because there are times I probably push the line myself, and I have to, and I and I have to pull myself back from that because I don't want this show or this channel to get too far in the weeds 
on on political questions. I try to keep the focus on how it impacts the genre. So, and you know, it's 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 a, it's a tough line to skate sometimes. It really is. So, Anyway, uh, Mrs. Boss, could you send send a, a text to the youngling? So, uh, anyway, Sci-Fi Snob says, I can't believe you would tolerate pineapple on pizza. Pe- um, tolerate pineapple on pizza blocked. I'm, uh, oh, 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 I see. Okay. Um, wife does, Mazer says the wife does the pineapple jalapeno pies with the white sauce. I've learned to hold, hold my nose and eat them if she, if she's paying. Okay, that's good. That you know, Mazarus, I will tell you right now, the key to marriage, you have you have locked into it. It is uh it is the yes dear factor. Um and it's not my way or the highway, us versus them factor. It is uh you like what you like, and I like what I like, and we'll sometimes meet in the middle. Yes, dear. <laughs> there are there are discussions that we've had around here about certain things in terms of acceptable snack foods and how to cook steak and and uh, Mrs. Boss still has some things to learn. Let's say <laughs> she's young yet. <laughs> anyway, now I, but you know, I, I will say <laughs> it's a comfortable couch. It's a comfortable couch. Um, no, I will say this though: the the amount of of discourse and discussion that we have with all of you. Uh, for the most part, has been has been great. You, you know, everybody, everybody, everybody gets along. Nobody, nobody pushes too far into into Meanieville. So I think it's great. We have we have a, a really fantastic audience here, uh, which is growing uh, slowly, but it's growing steadily. We're over fifteen hundred. We've we're, we've held on to that. So, uh, you know, at some point maybe we'll cross 2000 and you never know. We might, one of these days we'll hit, uh, we'll hit critical mass and we're just going to blow up and then transparency tube will see us and YouTube will shut us down. But that's okay. We're over on BitChute. <laughs> we may end up living over there. I don't know. So, um, and yeah, Mazers, you have a point. For what it's worth, slow growth is a bit more manageable, and it is. Uh, it is manageable. Uh, we can keep track of. You know, we don't get <clears throat> we don't get flooded with comments that we have to moderate all the time. We we get them, but we get them at a rate that we can manage. So uh, I I like to say that we are using the tortoise's approach as opposed to the hare in terms of the race. Uh, slow and steady. We just we just keep going. We just keep plugging. And I tell you, the response to foreign bodies has been phenomenal. Like I said at the beginning of the show, we've we've we're in triple digits already, and the show's only been out two days. So how much of that, you know, people are actually watching the entire hour? I don't know. Not. I mean, the retention rate on all of our shows are about the same. So that's that's good. 
So we'll see where that goes. You know, if you if you are into horror, uh, we now have a, a forum for that. We've got that place that uh, that you can talk about horror, and it is specifically foreign horror. So Japanese, South Korea, and Mexico, Spain, uh, Italia, uh, Italian horror. So a horror that's uh, from outside the United States is the focus of that show. We'll see how it goes. Hopefully, we can we can expand on that. Uh, I've been talking, uh, thinking about since uh, since the horror news segment of Good Morning Multiverse uh, takes a good you know twenty minutes to thirty minutes at a time. There's enough news, horror news, that it could almost be its own show. So you know you never know. We could expand our horror programming depending on how how people respond. So let us know in the comments or in the chat or in the email if you'd like to see us do more in the horror side of things. Um, Mazur says, a quote from Dune, the slow blade penetrates the shield. It might be sci-fi for me's destiny. It may be. Uh, I have said before, you know, we are we are on the slow track, maybe 12 years to overnight success. Maybe. Who knows? Uh, but anyway, there we are. Look at that. I've almost done an hour, and I didn't even plan to do an hour. See, that's what happens when we have a very good, active chat with audience people, with with members members of our audience who are who are involved and engaged, and and you guys you guys come through really solid for us here. So, all right, that's going to do it here, and uh, we will see what we see tomorrow. Tomorrow, just remember, for those of you in the United States, whatever happens tomorrow, as part, you know, as as a result of the election on Wednesday. Lord willing and the creek don't rise, we will still have a country. We will still have a United States. It may not look exactly like you want it to look, depending on who wins, but we'll still be here. And it will be okay-ish. Just remember... Something I've said before, I will continue to say with regard to all of this, politics in general, but also, you know, the politics in the shows and, and the whatnots and everything. It's your it's your money and it is your vote. Ultimately, you as the customer, you as the citizen, you have the control. And if enough people act on that you can affect change for good or ill. So keep that in mind. You have responsibilities. Be nice to each other. Be excellent to one another. And uh, after tomorrow, we will see what happens. Yes, the Canadians could come down and pick up the pieces. Help us clean up. All right, that's going to do it for us here. Thanks very much for being here, folks. Yes, those of you in the chat, you did save the show. Welcome. Thank you. And uh, thanks for being here. We will be back on Wednesday with uh, more Live from the Bunker. Thanks. Bye. This has been a presentation of Sci-Fi for Me Radio. Copyright 2020 by Flaming Dog Media, LLC. All rights reserved.
No portion of this program may be retransmitted without the express written consent of Flaming Dog Media.